Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following episode was recorded before the WGA SAG-AFTRA strikes of 2023. We have a guest that I have a very, very warm spot in my heart for, Mr. Ron Funches. I met Ron in L.A. SixDegrees.org was going down to Skid Row to an organization called School on Wheels that provides tutoring for unhoused kids in the Los Angeles area. We were hoping to get another celebrity to show up with us. And we had reached out to Ron just with a cold call, basically, saying, hey, we're going to show up at School on Wheels down in Skid Row. Any chance you could come and hang out with the kids for a while and see what they're up to? And he said yes. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And I think that really speaks to the kind of man that he is. I was thrilled that he was willing to sit down and shoot the breeze with me a little bit. So here's Rod Funches. Ron, so good to see you. Good to see you again, Kevin. How are you? I'm good. I'm 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 doing absolutely fine. Thank you. How how long has it been now? Uh, I, they tell me six years since we were uh, <laughs> in the same space together. I think I don't know. Yeah, the time doesn't exist even before the pandemic to me. So even more so now, you could say it was 10 years ago. It's always last week in my mind. It was such a fun time getting to meet you and going to school on wheels and uh, just uh, really opened my eyes to a lot of things. So I really appreciate I, I don't think I ever said that. Thank you for that. Well, listen, thank you. I mean, that was uh, we were obviously going to talk about school, school on wheels, but the, that was like so cool that you just kind of showed up and and you know people a lot of what this podcast is about is about the people who uh outs hmm, how can i say this we live and operate in in such a uh self-involved kind of world as as performers and 
you know, in order to to uh, make it, in order to like fight your way through all the people in the world that want to be in the entertainment industry, you have to have a very, very serious focus on yourself, especially if you're an actor. Um, so when I meet people like you who are willing to do something outside of your own uh, sphere of career, it's always kind of impressive to me. What do you think it is that is about you that, you know, I don't know, has has that impetus? <laughs> well, first thing I'd say is I think it helped that I wasn't an actor to start out with, you know? I agree, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people who I've met who are straight actors, and I, and I get it, it's like you said, it takes a... Um, and some of these words are going to sound negative, but I don't mean them in any negative connotation. But it takes a certain delusion to believe that you're special enough to believe that you can to believe not only just believe that, but to have people reject you over and over and over again in your mind state be, no, you're wrong. I'm great. You just don't see it yet. You know, that takes a certain delusion, a certain selfishness. Um that I think in some ways I'm very glad that I found. I, I came from, um, I come from the world of stand up comedy, and a lot of that is the opposite a, a people pleaser, um, coming from a trauma based background where, you know, I grew up in an unstable house where um, my mom was in an abusive relationship, and a lot of that time as a kid was me spent trying to, um, keep the house at peace so you know a lot of that comes with the charm and mm -hmm. trying to be mm -hmm. funny and trying to and so and 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 a lot of times at an ex, at a expense of my own um needs or my own wants let me just dig into that for one second because i because you put your finger i was thinking about talking to you today and um i was refreshing myself on some of your hilarious um stand-up which is available folks you gotta see Ron stand up because it is absolutely singular, both in the material but also in the delivery. Um, Thank you. You know, not not really like anybody that you've ever seen before. And I was thinking about comics. I've spent some time around uh, comics. I love to go to comedy. I think the reason that I like to go to comedy is because it is so dangerous it feels so risky to be out there and i also like to go to it because i can tell that i'm correct me if i'm wrong most comics are coming to this from a uh perspective from a painful perspective mm -hmm. um, a lot a lot yeah, I mean, would you say the majority, or, 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 I mean, do you know any comics who had a really chill and happy childhood? <laughs> I know a few. I know do a couple, you? and uh -huh. that's what makes it. Um, I find them to be the weirdest of all. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you have a good background and you still end up here? Uh, but uh -huh. for the most part, yeah, I think a lot of it uh, you find a lot of people with similar stories. They may be, you know, very unique to their perspective like you you know me coming from a background where um my mom was in an abusive relationship and then having a son very early i had my son um, a month after i turned 20 and then he was diagnosed with autism two years later and it's like all these different 
traumas that tweaked my brain to a certain way where I was like, I'm just going to do what I want. And what I want to do is comedy and I'm going to figure it out. And you find a lot of people have these stories. And then I think um, one of the biggest things you have to do is then let go of that story and just be like, well, I'm here now. That doesn't serve me anymore. I just need to um, work and enjoy my life and build a life. And that I think is what made me more open to being involved in, in, in charities is that I'm like, oh, I'm not in this mode where I'm like, I can play like, oh, I'm a victim. My life's been tough. And it's that all those things may be true, but but they don't do me any service right now. So I have to go out there and actually be a positive in the world. And again, just with my son having autism from an early age i became which by the way you've t you've 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 mined uh and are mm -hmm. very open about it in your in your comedy and it, and it's it is a uh, again that's another thing that's so interesting about about you as a performer is that you take something and you put it out there but you put it out there in a, not in a sentimental way but at all you know you're very uh it, it's pretty edgy some of the stuff that that comes out but at the same time it's so clear that it comes from a loving place that it 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 it, it lends a, a kind of a, a depth to to the show that i think is just so awesome i really appreciate that yeah i just try to be realistic in my life and um in some of the ways that i had seen autism um portrayed or just out in the media was always this like woe is me and oh you know we we, we can't survive and, and these kids all are you know almost as if they were feral or something and i'm like no this i learned so much from my son and we've had issues and we think but it doesn't define him like it's a part of his life just as if i had diabetes or if i had a broken arm or something you know and that I mean that might be a little different because my arm would get fixed but it's just a part of his character sheet and I, that's the way we look at it and some of the things are really funny and so i never there was a part of my life where I didn't want to talk about it because I was afraid people would think I was making fun of my son or or um, just look at it in a negative perspective. But it, it was the opposite. It was so true. I found so many people reached out to me and were like, oh, I have someone in my life or people who were who had autism who were like, it's so nice to just be um talked to or seen as just a full person as not like some charity case or not something to look down on or not a punchline which I, I had seen a lot in comedy of just using right. the word autism in replace of the r word and so um and to me that's not edgy that's lazy you know so uh -huh. i hear you yeah to yeah, talk yeah. about your real life to talk about things going on talk about your to me that's that's where it really that's where real comedy is for me. Not that, you know, I'm not a police of comedy, but that's my perspective. Well, yeah, sure. And and that's that's what we're interested in. You know, I you 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 made a point about the actors and I know that you do act. Um mm -hmm. you 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 have you've come to an acting career uh and a writing career um through and a podcasting career through um <laughs> through uh uh comedy. But I think it's very true what you said about actors, um, and that is that you need, to become an actor, I think you do need a certain level of delusion. I mean, I remember walking into auditions when I was uh, in my teens, and, and they'd say, uh, you know, we're looking for, uh, 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 there was, I had an audition once where they said, the director likes tight uh, 
Lacoste shirts on boys. So I walked into this room and I went out and bought, you know, an alligator shirt, right? So I, I walked in this room and there's like 30 guys with, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of highlighted sunny tips on their hair wearing like, who've done like a whole bunch of, you know, push-ups and, and they're all wearing these tight Lacoste shirts. And I thought, fuck, I mean, how am I supposed to like cut through this, you know? So, so there was a level of delusion where I would tell myself, I have something to, to offer. Now, did I know that I had something to offer? No, I don't think I knew that I was any good. I, and I certainly, I don't think I thought, well, wow, you're really good. I, what I thought was maybe I could get better, but I didn't think, wow, you're really good. Did you know that you were funny? Did you have uh, uh, responses from people that were encouraging of that notion? Uh, I knew I was a funny child, you know. Um, one of my earliest memories is like, I, I tell the story a few times, is that I just, you know, my mom was a single mom, always stressed out all the time, and we did something, me and my sister, and she was like, you guys go to your room, I'm coming up in five minutes, you're getting spanked, you know. And in that time period, I'm upstairs scared, but I'm cracking jokes to my sister, making fun of my mom, you know. And... <laughs> On the other side of the door, I started to hear my mom laugh. And she's laughing and she's laughing and she's like liking these jokes. And then she comes in and she forgets to spank us. And I'm like, oh, wait, there's a power here. Okay, so you're, so you're still out there trying to avoid a spanking. Yeah, pretty much in my life. But that's one of the things I love that I'm, I'm glad that I found acting as well because I... I I think I needed some of that selfishness and some of that delusion in, in, in believing in myself in that way. Um, comedy can be a lot different. And, you know, you, you go to some of these clubs and the green room will be the stock room with the mayonnaise and the nacho cheese and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, the first time I'd ever actually worked with someone who was an actor and they would have this schedule and they'd be like, well, I get up in the morning and I work out and I do this and I do that and I need this, I need these teas and I need that. And it was the first time I had ever thought about setting those type of boundaries or setting those type of um, things that I needed in my life. Um, so what are those now? Oh, I mean, a lot of the same stuff, working out. I get to mm -hmm. work out every morning. I like to do my intermittent fasting and eat on my schedule. I mm -hmm. don't like someone else to determine when I eat. Um, so, like, even if, you know, I, I, like, I eat at 11, I eat at 2, and I eat at, like, 6.30 to 7. And if I'm on set, I'll just wait until we have a little break and I'll eat. I don't, you know, I just work on my schedule. I do the same thing. I do the same thing, yeah. And then um, it's just water, staying hydrated. One of my biggest things in auditions and everything now is like I like to come in not needing anything from anyone. So I'll come with my water. I'll come with my mm -hmm. lunch. I'll come with my things. I want to come in as a bonus. I don't need you. Mm. That, <laughs> you that's you interesting. Need me. <laughs> so that's just, a, but that's just like a mind. That's like a mindset that you yes. want to have for the audition. Yes. Wow, that's an awesome. I wish I had known that. I mean, that is a great, great tip. Any any uh, young actors out there? Don't come in needing something from them. You 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 come in offering them something, and it, even if it's not true, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. But that was a lot of my perspective. Like the Lacoste story is so. I mean, I think that's general to so many people's acting careers. Is then you sit there and you go, "What makes me different from all these people?" And 
I think my whole perspective in the way I even started now landing more roles and being more confident in myself, it, it switched from that perspective, like, uh, that I had from comedy or from being a traumatic kid of being like, what do you need me to be? Whatever you need. If, oh, do I need to be smarmy? I'll be smarmy. Do you need mm -hmm. me to be a businessman? Do you need me to be a gang member? Do you need me to do this? I'll figure it out. And mm -hmm. now it got to a point where I had to just be confident in myself. And I go, you, you know, the same thing where he's like, well, there's a couple of actors in the world and God bless them that they can mimic. They can do so many things. They could play so many things in the world. I don't know if that's going to be for me. I got to find what makes me work and what make what I offer that is unique. And if I find a role or I see something or they send me something and I go, oh, I know I could pop that or I would make that, you know, I would I see how they kind of want it. And I would and I show them what I can bring. And then I just go like that. Well, this is what I can bring. If you want it, I'm over here. If I, if you don't, this was a blessing to meet you. Hopefully I just did just to learn to love the work and be like, Oh, I nailed that audition. Like I just mm -hmm. had this audition to play a detective and I didn't get it. And, it. and it was fine because, but I was like, Oh, no one, I would never thought anyone would be like, Oh, he could be a detective. This guy could be a detective. And it wasn't a comedy. It was like, you know, a, 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 a drama, a, a dark comedy, if anything. But it was very real and drowned it. And doing the audition and her, and having the cast and director in the, the actual, and it was a director session. So the director was there and she was like, I don't really have any notes. She's like, that's mm -hmm. good. And that's what I love to hear. You know, to me, right. I'll never slam dunk a basketball. But that's what if, when I'm like doing something out of my comfort zone and then I hear them go like, well, we're moving on. I'm like, oh, I just slammed in everybody's face. And it, that's it makes great. me feel good. Yeah. I love, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned the word smarmy because the very first, uh, well, I don't think it was the first audition I ever had, but the very first movie I did was Animal House, which was 1977. And I didn't have an agent and I was in acting school and they came by and they said, we're looking for, you know, the kind of like college kids. So they sent me over and they said, uh, be, be smarmy. And I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what the word meant. And obviously we didn't have a little device in our hands to quickly look it up. So I just made a face. I hardly had any lines, but I basically made a face that I thought maybe sounded like what smarmy was. And the director, John Landis, he loved it. He's like, yeah, the smarmy. I love when you do the smarmy. Like, like he kept saying to me, do the smarmy. Look, it's just so funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> I, I had no idea that it would, it would be like, I don't know. It would be like saying some crazy thing. I mean, I just, I didn't know, but it was, but it sounded I, I guessed at what it might sound like. Let me ask you something. What? Because uh, I, I love hearing about this. This um, the idea of this this auditioning and and of embracing acting. What are the things that you you love to do now, or do you love them all? And do you love them all equally? Um, I mean, do and do you love it at all anymore? <laughs> I, I certainly love it i'm loving it more than ever really um what i love more than anything is freedom and i like the ability to bounce around and try new things and try new experiences and that's usually how i lead myself and pick my things is that oh did i have ever done that before have i ever thought i'd do that um, you know, just even little things like one time they asked me to be on Chopped and I was like, I can't cook. I don't know how to cook at all. But I was like, oh, I never in my life would think anyone asked me to be on Chopped. And that would be a unique experience. Not every, you know, every it'd be a, instead of being on these comedy things where I'm fighting with eight comedians to be the best comedian. I can go on this cooking show and just talk and be naturally funny and not be competing with anyone but just showing who I am and mm-hmm. it's opened a lot of doors for me doing things like that. And I, um, so I love the ability to bounce around because a lot of them can be frustrating as I'm sure, you know, um, you know, there was time, especially in my acting career where I was seeing a lot of growth in class and seeing a lot of, um, just my abilities 
broadening and my range broadening, but my auditions weren't, you know, so I would mm. still be doing a lot of the same things and, 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 and feeling like I was doing the same thing from the first show I was on, on Undateable. And you mean, so, the, the, mean the, the auditions that you were getting or, or, the, or what you were doing in the auditions? The auditions that I were getting. They were, oh, like, I see. you know, right. the same style character, the same, uh -huh. um, you know, just come in, hit a button and leave. And I was like, oh, but I'm like doing these dramas in class. I'm doing these, you know. Isn't that I'm a frustrating it. part of our business, though, is that people, I, I always say that we, we have, so little imagination when it comes to casting uh, films and television. Uh, theater is completely the opposite because if you come in and you can audition, it, that's it. That they they don't. It, it was never a. It, you never got typed when I was doing theater. It just seemed like if you could do it, you know, whatever the accent or the <laughs> or the, you know, the walk or the look or whatever it was, then you'd get the part. But. In, in films and television, we have so little imagination, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's one I agree with you. It frustrates me because I'm a big fan of just growth and development. I, yeah. I love that in my music. I love that in my act. I love being like, oh, I saw them doing a little bit part here, and now, oh, this, and then I saw this, and then, oh, wow. That's one of the funnest things in life to me, and it seems such a shame that so many, where I feel, you know, the, the term is usually development, and they always are like, well, I saw you do this, so you can do this, so keep doing that. And I just, you know, I worked in trap jobs when I was young. I w remember working at a bank call center, and you didn't have to have a college degree and they paid you like 15 18 dollars an hour and i was like well that that sounds great now but i know that's a trap because i'm not gaining any skills other than this job and so if i ever want to quit this job i don't have a college education i'm just either either have to stay here or i have to go back to seven eight dollars an hour and i mm -hmm. felt the same way with like if i was to keep doing the same type of roles i'm like Oh, I'm just going to keep doing this, showing them the same person and I'm going to continue to get older and they're either going to be like, well, he's too expensive now or he's too old now. And we found a younger version of that character. So let's move on. And and, and just for my heart and my life, I like um, challenging myself and trying new things. So it's been really great to be like, OK, well, Acting isn't going that great right now, so I'll focus on stand-up. And then the pandemic happened, and, and stand-up was a thing that um, wasn't as safe for me and a new baby, and I didn't want to uh, be out there. And so I was like, oh, I can, I, I'm can. i so lucky I have my voice acting. And um, it really taught me a lot of lessons before because I was like, um, maybe if I was a specialist in one of these things, I could move further along in one of these things but um i then was like oh a complex web it seems to be the best for me because if something doesn't feel right if i'm frustrated i can at least focus on the other thing i love stand up so much because it's immediate i get the immediate reaction i don't have to wait for some you know the editing and watch watch it myself or see somebody else's take that they pick are you um, comfortable uh, playing out now i'm sorry are you comfortable playing out now? Are you what, are you are with stand up? Um, what do you mean by that? I mean, are you doing live shows? Oh yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm more comfortable now for sure. Um, and, and it depends on the week, uh, but <laughs> more so now. And I just miss it. It was a, you know when I didn't have it, 
I really felt a part of my soul was was missing. I just and so and and it really is. If you ask me what I love the most, if I was be honest, it would be stand up because it's the only one I would do for free. I know I wouldn't act for free. Do you um, tour? Are you are you on tour? Are you planning a tour? Um, I just got off tour. I just oh, finished great. some last shows in November. It's one of the best periods of my life. Usually, I have to go all the way through the holiday series, you know, to to make sure I can. <laughs> four things and it's been nice where i was like oh i can end in december i got seven month old baby and we're just gonna have oh, congratulations holidays. thank you that's great is that your second my second i have a 20 year old mm -hmm. and a seven month old so i got oh. new material that's <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's great <laughs> tell me about getting better with Ron Funches. Oh, okay. Um, it's a podcast I really enjoy doing. It's a passion project. Why haven't so, I been on it? I I think I asked my manager to invite you. Perhaps things got um, mixed up in between the peoples. Mm -hmm. But uh, heads will roll. <laughs> but I certainly asked when we when we work after a little bit after we work together uh, or, or we met each other. Uh, but I would love to have you on. Absolutely. Um, and it's just me and people, either I'm my best friends or people who I've always wanted to learn about are just people whose stories that I found that are interesting to me about getting better at your your life, your chosen field. I feel um, my whole life has been a big moving forward of just like not coming from the best circumstances but little by little getting better at my life getting better at, at, at how i handle things and pushing myself forward and i think sometimes we get this perspective between like people who make it and people who don't have anything and that people don't see the journey and don't think that they can do it or don't believe that they have it in them and i like humanizing it and showing that um, everyone that I've ever met is still dealing with some rejection and still dealing with a, a thing that they're driven to do that they're fighting for and they want to achieve. And, and I like celebrating it when I see people achieve those things. So when I see my friends get a show or when I see um, people just achieve their dreams, I'm a big into celebrating that and then discussing how they got there so that people don't just see the end result. It's like when I started comedy. Hmm. My only beginning of comedy was that I watched comedy specials. So I was terrified. I thought I had to be as good as Chris Rock. I mm -hmm. thought I had to be as good as some more. I thought I had to be as good as, as all these people I saw on TV. But then you go to an open mic and you see people just trying it and just doing things. And you're like, oh, mm. there's a whole world here. Some of these people are good. Some of these people aren't good. Let me just try and see where I fit in. And I think that's just um, makes it easier for for people who, uh, you know, and obviously I'm not like, hey, you could everyone be a comedian or thing. But I think every, a lot of people have a passion, a dream or a thing that they're just naturally inclined to do. And sometimes we get lost in, in the shuffle of that. And I, you try to use my podcast to reignite people towards that. And I, and I, I love it when I get great feedback. Because I like being funny and I like when people are like, oh, I saw you in this. But when, you know, when my podcast, sometimes people are like, oh, I started going to therapy because I was listening to your podcast. Or you oh, helped yeah. me get through this bad time. Or, hmm. or I heard you talk about, um, you know, you, you and Whitney Cummings talking about toxic relationships and it made me realize i was in an abusive relationship and it helped me get out of it and wow. i was like those type of things i'm like oh i'm actually 
doing something positive in the world. And that's a big, um, you know, because I've seen so many, and I do, I'm like, oh, the world could be so tough and it could be stressful, but I'm not a person that's like, oh, it all sucks. I'm like, let me go do what I can, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and in small, some small ways, that's what I try to do with that and try to do with the charity, which is usually me actually just giving other people's money to, to them, which mm -hmm. I love. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I love the concept just of, of getting better. And I don't know if you've had anybody as ancient as me on the podcast, but I think a lot of times people at my age, uh, there is kind of a thing that people joke about and say, which is, well, I'm too old to you mm -hmm. know, change now and you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that applies to so many things. I mean, uh, whether it's work, you know, sometimes people are retired so they don't have to be a better dentist or they don't have to be a better carpenter or an actor or whatever it is. But it also applies to like a worldview where someone says, I'm just, you know, you're not going to change the way that I feel about uh, whatever politics or, or PC stuff or, or, you know, I don't, I don't like this, you know, woke culture or whatever these things are. It, it's really possible to continue throughout your life to keep changing and getting better. You know, my father to me was a, a, a kind of an inspiration in that way because he lived to about 94 and this guy was always trying new shit. I mean, I, I, I you know, he'd be like, he was like, He's like in his like nineties, uh, and he started. He said, "I'm going to start doing Tai Chi," hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, "That is so inspiring to me." Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way that getting better at all kinds of things is a really not only is it a uh, it's it's not so much that it's noble, but I think it's healthy. I think that it makes people live longer, you know, last longer, love longer. I think those are all really great. Uh, uh, that's that is a that is a cool idea for a podcast. So I, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Now, we met um uh at at school on wheels, uh, mm -hmm. you know, quite a few years ago. Which is is uh, an organization that you have, uh, thankfully remained in contact with. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP. They held us in dog cages, they starved us, they beat us, they burned us, and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were gonna become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, 
sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text B-A-C-O-N to 707070 or visit org to learn more. So let us bring to the show Sinead Chilton. She's here today, the Chief Development and Marketing Officer for School on Wheels. Sinead, we met, well, all three of us met um, uh, six years ago in uh, downtown L.A., uh, uh, pretty much on uh, what's known as Skid Row, um, and saw this remarkable uh, uh, spot that you have down there. So just uh, for those of us who, who don't know, can you just kind of explain to us what School on Wheels is? Yes, of course, um, Kevin. That was almost six years ago to the day when um, you first came to our center. So School on Wheels is a nonprofit that provides educational assistance to children and youth experiencing homelessness uh, from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Um, there are over nearly 200,000 students in the six counties we serve in Southern California that are living without homes. And you met us at our only learning center in Skid Row. Skid Row has the highest percentage of homeless people in the nation experiencing homelessness and, and, and that don't have homes. And there is no public spaces, there's no libraries there. So we've always had a presence for the past 20 years uh, as an after-school program for students living in and around that area. We've heard a lot about uh, the homeless problems in, um, in California and Southern California specifically. Uh, is it getting better or getting worse? Unfortunately, it's getting worse, Kevin. Um, and homelessness has a devastating impact on education. You know, students move schools frequently. Um, they're nine times more likely to repeat a grade. 75% of students that don't have a home don't graduate high school. So 
while School on Wheels is not a nonprofit dealing with ending homelessness, we are trying to end the cycle of homelessness through education. And that's where our niche and our small part in hopefully um, helping with this problem is. So it's, a, it's, it's interesting because, you know, education, we, we think of it uh, in kind of like the reverse. Uh, there's this homelessness problem, so we need to educate uh, our youth. But in some ways, if you educate our youth and if we have a stronger platform for education in this country, there's uh, much less of a chance that someone becomes homeless. Am I correct about that? Yeah, the number one reason... Um, in California, while people experience homelessness, is lack of affordable housing and poverty, two things. And, you know, the the way to get out of poverty, we believe, is through education. Um, We know the statistics about, you know, uh, if you have a college degree, you're going to earn more money. Um, But with 75% of students living in shelters and group foster homes and on the street, uh, and in domestic violence shelters, if if those kids aren't graduating, how do they get the jobs? How do they, they earn the money to to mm-hmm. stop this cycle and and stay out of homelessness? Take us through like a day. Like what would what would the what would the programs do in the course of of a day or a week? Just kind of walk us through the uh, the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, so School on Wheels is the only nonprofit dedicated to educating homeless children. And we do that with amazing volunteers that um, join us from all over the country uh, to help uh, a student experiencing homelessness. And those students are identified uh, through the school districts or the shelters where they're living. And then School on Wheels goes in to provide support, whether it's backpack school supply, whether it's um, a laptop, a Chromebook, whether it's internet connection, uh, and then we match them with a trained volunteer who helps them with their school and helps them to catch up and keep up with their studies. And it's an hour a week tutoring program, but since the pandemic and a lot of our tutors have been online, um, we can meet students more frequently uh, than physically going to the location. Um, so in LA a way, the online the- thing is actually the, the pandemic had a, had a had a one good benefit, which is to really establish the possibility of online tutoring. Yeah, that was a silver lining for us because we'd been um, piloting a, a digital online program for many, many years, and we just got it and we got the right software, the right packaging, and then the pandemic hit. And we just very quickly retrained our volunteers to be online volunteers. And, you know, most of them took to it like a duck to water. Uh, some people, it took a bit longer. Uh, and most students took to it really well because a lot of the kids were just, you know, uh, online uh, and there was no in-person school anyway. So, yeah, in in all of it, that, that was a silver lining. Hey, Rod, do you remember... The feeling, I mean, obviously you've stayed in touch with um, Sinead and with this this, this organization uh, uh, since we went down there, uh, since you were good enough to, to join Six Degrees down there, but do you remember the, the what what uh, affected you in terms of the feeling and the vibe at the, at the learning center? Oh, absolutely. I remember um, a lot of it is like both my expectations and then what I saw. You know, when I was going, I was a little apprehensive because I was afraid that it would be a little bit depressing for me and that I wouldn't, um, that it would just make me feel upset. 
And I found it to be quite the opposite. It filled me with so much hope and inspiration and joy and love. And then seeing all these beautiful faces of these kids who um, had so, you could see, I mean, I can see the reasons why you would get up every morning and go do it because these kids are so, you see all the potential, you see the light, you see all the different opportunities that could be in front of them if we can, you know, just help break that cycle and and for my own background you know again like i told you before kevin with just being in a stable household and growing up in the south side of chicago um art education access to free museums those were the things that saved my life and stopped me from going down path there were choices there were a lot of kids in my neighborhood who were getting involved in gangs and getting involved in bad situations and i was lucky and I was very lucky you know that my, my mom was so good is that even though we didn't have great financial means she took advantage of whatever resources were available so if there was a free museum day we were there if there was a day where there was a free jazz concert we were there and so it showed me a whole other world outside of my everyday in Southside Chicago and so when I saw the same thing going on at school in Wills I was so happy and inspired and to see all these faces of every color and every race but for me in particular to see like these young beautiful black faces that remind me of my own nieces and nephews and my my sister and myself and it just inspired me and made me want to help because um you know these are just your 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 means and your and poverty doesn't define who you are as a person and the, and everyone deserves the opportunity to find who they can become. And so many of these kids and so many people get robbed of that because we don't have the, um, we don't have the, the, the situation. We don't have the, the organization put in place. And so if there's a place like school on wheels, it just felt like, of course, I mean, that's what real charity is. There's a lot of things where, you know, you go in and you're like, I don't know if I'm affecting it things at all, but I went in and saw, the faces of the kids that I affected and just seeing the happy and just even talking to them a bit about like, Oh, you're in trolls. What's that like? Oh, you did this. Like just to even open up their minds and be like, Oh, maybe I could be a voice actor or something like that is. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, like, Oh, I did anything too much, but it, it, I got so much out of it. So I certainly got more out of it than the day that I spent. And it, 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 is the reason why I keep in touch and anytime I'm able to give or anytime I, I've sent volunteers their way of people who were just looking for something to do and wanted to be involved. And I'm like, look, if you really want to be involved in something, I know a place where your time is well spent. And it's been, you know, besides anytime I can help an autism foundation or things like that, it's always my number one charity to, to bring up and to, to put a spotlight on. Oh, thank you so much for the run. And we recently reopened our learning centre after a hiatus um, with the pandemic. And the first thing to go on the wall was uh, the TV you donated run. So thank you so very much. It took them a while to unpassword it from <laughs> your account, <laughs> but they did it and they managed to get, get a, a movie going for Thanksgiving. So thank you. Sinead, <laughs> you uh, obviously have spent a lot of your time and your energy. Uh, I don't. I don't know your history bef before uh, School on Wheels, but what what is it that you think uh, drives you to do this kind of work in the world? 
Um, well, as you can tell, I'm not a native. Um, really? I, was, <laughs> I grew up in West Yorkshire in England and I moved here over 20 years ago and I didn't realize that homelessness was such an issue in, in America. And I heard about School on Wheels uh, online and I just didn't, it just didn't even cross my mind that there were children that didn't have homes um, that were sleeping in vehicles, that were sleeping in shelters. Um, my first student that I met was sleeping on a church floor in Ojai. And every night the family had to move to a different shelter, uh, a different church that was opening the doors. Uh, they had to be out of the church by seven in the morning. And then the church opened the doors at five o'clock in the evening to provide dinner and a safe place to sleep. And once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it. And, you know, working with a, an eight-year-old little girl, um, for whatever reason, her family were in a homeless situation. It had absolutely nothing to do with her. And she was just, you know, a, a terrible, in a terrible situation and going through such trauma um, that, you know, doing a homework that night or thinking about a test for school was just very difficult. Um, but it was very easy for me to help her with that, with her homework, with school, to give her a backpack and school supplies. Um, and when I first met the founder, Agnes Stevens of School on Wheels, she said it takes so li little to make a difference in the life of a child. And that's just stuck with me ever since. Um, if you can help a child make their day a bit better, a bit brighter, give them some hope, give them a laugh, make learning fun, um, then you know, that, that's why I do it. The, the kids, like Ron said, as kids are just kids and they all want the same. Uh, they all want to be loved and they all want to, you know, do the number one job of a child is to go to school and learning and, and School on Wheels really helps them do that. And yeah, that's why I'm still here. Or do you have any, um, I'm curious about some of the kids that we met uh, those six years ago, are you able to track any of the of the kids and see how how they're doing and as as time moves on? Yeah, so School on Wheels has been around for almost thirty years. It's our thirtieth anniversary next year. And when I first started, uh, parents didn't have cell phones, mobile phones. In fact, in order to stay at a shelter, it was considered um, an additional expense that families didn't need. But with social media and more children having mobile phones and then obviously the pandemic, a lot of students are now connected and have uh, laptops and computers. We can keep in touch with them much more. Uh, and it's fabulous when a student gets back in touch with you. I met my uh, first ever student, uh, Josh, uh, a few months ago. Uh, we drove to, to meet him. Uh, he's now a mechanic and he lives in um, Oregon and it was just fo so fabulous to be able to keep in touch with him and see how he's doing so a lot of our volunteers keep in touch with the families and the children uh, that they tutor and then we've had uh, students that have come back to be tutors uh, so for example at the learning center we've had several students that were once attending the after school learning center have come back as adults uh, and, oh, and now awesome. tutor yeah and it just hearing their stories and just what a difference a, a positive adult can make in, in a, a kid's life is just, it's just so impactful to me and, and keeps me going too. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I know that people listening to this uh, would want to know uh, the possibilities for helping out, whether it's donating or volunteering. So this is our, our time to uh, 
to put out that call to action. Great. Yeah. I mean, everybody can make a difference. Everybody can change life. It's so simple. Um, for School on Wheels, we always need volunteers. Uh, we need positive adult role models that can volunteer for an hour a week. We provide all the training. Um, you can meet a student online or in person or a mixture of both now. And, you know, obviously we always need donors and supporters to keep our doors open. Um, we're a very transparent, small but mighty nonprofit based in Southern California. 92 cent of every dollar donated goes straight back into our program. And then obviously you can always advocate if you can't volunteer or you can't donate. Talk about it, spread the word. I don't think enough people understand uh, homelessness, especially in regards to children. We we talk about homeless adults um, on the street, but we don't talk about families. And, you know, there are over two and a half million children in the US that don't have anywhere to sleep tonight. Uh, and that's just so sad to me. And, you know, those kids have got a future. Those kids have got, you know, everything to, to live for and, and just that little extra help and support when their family is going through such trauma really does make a difference. Um, you can find out all our information on our website, schoolonwheels.org. So you can check out uh, other volunteers uh, from all different backgrounds and walks of life and why they volunteer and why they continue to make a difference with School on Wheels. And I just want to thank you, Kevin and Ron, for uh, helping us spread the word and for being such good friends uh, for so many years. We really, really appreciate you both. Folks, someday we will work towards having no homeless children in this country. Exactly. But until we reach that goal, go to schoolonwheels.org and uh, check it out. And uh, as Sinead said, there's a bunch of different ways that, that you can help. And as Ron said, it will give back to you. You will feel better and more hopeful about the world and about the situation. Uh, kids are kids and they need you. Ron, thank you so much. Sinead, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Ron, uh, what, 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 how about, how about a shout out for you? Like, where should we go check out your stuff? <laughs> um, you could, you could just Google Ron Funches. I'm around. You can find me. Um, if you want my podcast, like you said, it's called Getting Better. Um, and then my project I'm on right now is called Loot on Apple TV Plus with Maya Rudolph, where I play her cousin. And it's a real fun show, and I'd like to keep doing it. We got a second season, so get on the floor of oh, the yeah, first that season. Is a, that is a good show. That is a good show, and you're awesome on it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thanks for your time. I really do appreciate you being here with me today. Hey, everybody. If you want to learn more about School on Wheels and all this incredible work, that they're up to head to their website schoolonwheels.org schoolonwheels.org where you can find all the links in our show notes you can find six degrees with kevin bacon on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'll see you next time trinity school of natural health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. 
Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 